Welcome to the For the Church podcast, another great gospel-centered resource from Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. My name is Jared Wilson. I'm an assistant professor of pastoral ministry at Spurgeon College at Midwestern Seminary. And today I'm in the beautiful... Uh, I need to come up with another adjective. I always say beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. We're in the Spurgeon Library studio. Uh, it's it's kind of a gray day, but it's nice because the well-appointed architecture and furniture of this place uh, just looks uh, so cozy. Wow. You could, you know, snuggle up with Spurgeon. You should be the one in advertising. Spurgeon's copy of Pilgrim's Progress. <laughs> I don't think they'll let you take that out of the glass. They will but, not, no. Yeah, yeah. But you can you can come look at it. That's right. It just feels cozy and warm. Hey, I'm here as always, uh, as usual. With Ronnie Kurtz, he's managing editor of For the Church, pastor at Emmaus Church, and does a few other things as well. How you been, brother? Doing well. You know, I'm doing so good, I don't even have a beef today. Whoa, no beefs from Jared. No, it's a beef-free day. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vegan podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> no beef. Wow. Actually, we, if I had a beef, it might be with vegans, but yeah, I'm not, yeah. not going to go there because it's a, it's a beef-free Yeah, and that day. would be another food-based beef, which we can't have. And what I love is yeah. um, that my Tom Brady beat oh, the Kansas City goodness. Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Hey, uh, listeners, at the time of this recording, <laughs> that is not true. Nor will <laughs> it be I, true. But I, I had a word of knowledge. <laughs> wow. Um, I think it's, it's going to happen, which is why I'm confidently saying it. On okay. February, uh, what is this, January 28th? It, it, yeah, something like yeah, that. So yeah, the yeah. Super Bowl is actually in two weeks. Yep, that's right. By the time people hear this, it ought to be out and yeah. mark it down. All Tampa right. Bay Buccaneers beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey. I'm I just, believe. I'm just holding my tongue. They're in Tampa. Uh, like the story's too good. Yeah. They're in Tampa. So, like, they have a—this is actually the first time. They're like, they have a better story. Kansas City was a great story last year. <laughs> but they are, they just won. Yeah. And now you have Tom with a new team that was a losing team, wow. and he's taking them all the way to the Super Bowl. You think it's, it's too good? It's—yeah. If I they, believed in destiny, it, listen, this would be destiny. in the NFC Championship, they looked good. They did it, look it, good. It was scary. I was actually pulling for the Bucs. But none of the te- none of the teams that they've played are as near as good as the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to that. Have you heard the storyline of the GOAT versus the kid, which is amazing? No, but because, I, obviously, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Yeah. Anyone who can't say that is fooling themselves. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, however, a baby GOAT. It's called uh, a kid. I understand that. Is Jared, that what this whole setup was stop. about? This <laughs> is more profound than you're making it. What so, I'm saying is Pat's the next goat. He's, he's the, the kid. He's the, so he's like, well, I've heard this comparison that uh, Brady is, is, is Jordan and, and Mahomes is LeBron. Yeah. And so we'll be having these debates. And, you know, I, I could see that's possible. Yeah. I, I think you got to get, you know, to, even to be compared to LeBron, you need a few more rings. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, th- okay. th- those are projections. And I, okay. I actually think the the well, this is going to be a sports podcast at this point. Yeah. The, the more interesting story is a lot of people won't hear LeBron in the conversation of basketball GOAT because of how many championships he's lost. He, I think he's lost six now out of okay. ten. And so now, it, however, if Tom loses, what is he? At? He's at four losses out of ten, right? Yes. Yeah, so and I think he's the role. undisputed GOAT. And so I'm interested to see how that yeah. crafts the LeBron. Well, he's won more than he'll That's right. He does That's have a thing. winning. He does have a winning record, but still, it's sixty percent. Well, you, you just go the positive route and say he's won ten conference championships. Yeah, which Le, uh, LeBron people can say, of course. Yes. But anyways, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go, Chiefs. Let's. I'm ready for the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I'm calling it, man. Before the fact. Yeah, I'm not that confident. After I won't. The fact. I won't. Uh, won't make any predictions, but I'm definitely pulling from my Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Well, speaking of spectacle, 
You were, it's I knew just you were, amazing. You were just anticipating it's, how is this transition going to work? Your transition game is unparalleled. Talk I, about goat. I wanted to do a special <laughs> Easter episode. I thought, what would be a good Easter episode for us? Um, maybe to talk about this phenomenon, which I'll be honest, and I, I think this episode may be less relevant than it would have been five years ago. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just um, for, well, mainly because, you know, perhaps the COVID thing kind of compromising our ability to gather and, and that sort of thing. Um, but also, I don't know if I'm just anecdotally perceiving this in a wrong way or not, but I feel like this is less of a trend, but it's still out there. The, the, the temptation is there, which all this build up, um, listeners, for me to say, there's a temptation when Easter comes around every year to see it as the high point of, of yep. the church year, and which I think is accurate, um, but between Christmas and Easter, but especially Easter, uh, we have this desire to reach our communities, good desire, very sincere. Um, you, you want lost people to know Jesus. To pull out all the stops, yep. we got we to gotta ramp up the production. Um, the most sort of ludicrous at this point, just kind of a, a caricature of the attractional mentality is, you know, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, um, Perry Noble playing Highway to Hell, ACDC's yeah, yeah, yeah. Highway to Hell. Now, I, I, those of you who are listening, I know your church would never do that. But there is still this pull of like, how do we get them in? Yep. How do we do up the deal this year? I, I mean, do you see that? Do you sense it's a, a still a thing? You know, I think there's kind of two ways that you can see that happening. There's the extreme way, so you're talking about where you think, how do I get a helicopter to drop me into the pulpit? This, you know, that's, yeah. that's a bit nonsense, of course, silly. It's easy to, to kind of shrug that off. However, I think there's a more subtle way it appears, especially in church planters. Okay. Of there is this internal pressure of this one has to be good. Yeah. We can't admit, I'm going to put a little more pressure on my volunteers. There'll be more visitors here. That's right. It's gonna be, yeah, I'm going to yeah. put a little more pressure on my leaders. And even if I don't plan to do this, you know, show, showy whatever, uh, greatest showman on Sunday kind of thing. <laughs> right, right. I do. I better show up. Hmm. And so— I think it might be more that way okay. with with the listeners of this particular podcast, and I do think there's still there's some wisdom in there, and still some things that need to be kind of gospeled out of that mentality. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned helicopters, like I've, I, you know, it makes me think of like the giveaway thing. Oh yeah, uh, which I think is still kind of a thing, but uh, not necessarily. And I've heard of helicopters dropping Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, and and so you advertise this. We we're giving away. You know, I, I remember iPods and and. Uh, we're giving away tablets and one church in Corpus Christi. We're giving away a pickup truck. And, you know, you, your church may not be doing that, but are you thinking in kind of consumeristic bait and switch kind of ways? Um, you know, how do you attract people to the church? The idea is you want them to hear the message of Jesus, but is there, how do you know you crossed a line? Like, because I'm not mm. totally against, I, I, I feel like I've come, you know, I've turned a corner on some of this stuff. Like I'm yeah. not against Easter egg hunts yeah, for course. kids in the community yeah, and, we do and things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and I don't know if we do that at, at Liberty or not, but, you know, I'd, I have a different feeling about that yeah. than I do about stuff related to the gathering itself and just even the way you kind of advertise yeah. to the world what you're doing because what you win them with is what you win them to. That's exactly right. And if they're coming for the the you know, the Trojan horse, they're not going to care about what's inside, yeah. even if you're trying to smuggle Christianity in through this thing. How, how do you know you crossed the line, Ronnie Kurtz? Yeah, I think that what you just said was how I was going to answer your question okay. is, is what you win them with, you win them to. 
And if your preparation for Easter feels much more like a sale yeah. than it does a proclamation of the gospel. Um, or a performance. Or a performance. Yeah, Maybe that's, okay. yeah. Yeah, a concert. That's right. If yeah. you're starting to feel like I'm an actor on mm. this particular Sunday and this show better go well, uh, that's probably a red flag. Okay. As opposed to how can I powerfully proclaim the gospel? And there might even be items you do that aren't normal on a Sunday, on an Easter, like, for instance, you mentioned the Easter egg hunt, well, uh, or, or, or something else that, that you might do on a Sunday that's aimed at making sure there's power in the proclamation of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, but a performance, that's probably that performance uh, proclamation paradigm is probably helpful. Yeah. And that, I mean, that dynamic is every Sunday, of isn't course. it? For a lot yeah. of us, you know, how do you know you're just, you know, going, you know, if you're not just going through the motions in terms of, you know, the gospel just happens to be the content, mm-hmm. but really it's about um, putting something shiny out there, putting out the best product. That's right. Which is different. Again, it's it's one of those, I think, matters of discernment because, you know, some of the critiques that guys like me will hear sometimes is like, well, you know, do you not believe in excellence? Do you not believe in doing yeah. things to the best of your ability? Do you think things should look ugly just to make sure that the gospel is <laughs> the only beautiful thing, you know? Um, do you not use technology? Do you not use any aesthetics? And I just think there's a difference between those things which may adorn that's right the, the you know the centerpiece um and those things replacing yeah and maybe that's like a lot you don't it's very subtle maybe you don't quite sense all right here's where we've officially crossed into but it's just something that maybe over time you begin yeah. to kind of discern i think there are obviously yeah. other you know diagnostic points that you can be watching for for a small example would be and not all of our listeners would agree with this but my conviction is the regulative principle and so if, if there was anything about my Easter preparation that would run contrary to my ecclesial convictions, okay, that's an obvious red flag. Yeah. You, you shouldn't break your ecclesial convictions. For somebody listening to who doesn't know what that term means, can you define yeah, what yeah, the regular yeah, principle is? Yeah, yeah, my apologies. The regular principle is, is simply the idea that the Scripture uh, is, regulates what is allowed in the service. So if we, if we don't see it in the Bible— that's right. Yeah, then yeah. we shouldn't see so it in our it's, service. It's contrary to the concept of so the no normative. Skits. No skits. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, you, you've got to stop doing skits. Yeah, I got to stop right <laughs> doing those skits. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, and it, regardless if you believe in the normative principle or the regulative principle or don't even know what those terms are, yeah, the, the principle still applies. What's the normative principle? The no. I, that's what I, I. I think I slipped it in while you're talking about your skits. Oh, I'm which sorry. Is I'm sorry. That, yeah, the, the the normative principle is contrary to the regulative principle in the sense that as long as the Bible doesn't forbid, forbid it, it, yeah, okay, it's permissible. Yeah. So, forget those theological categories. All I'm trying to say here is if your Easter preparation violates your church convictions, you probably have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you know. What what you get excited about, other people get excited about as well. That's right. I mean, it's, it's kind of a corollary to that, what you win them with, you win them too. People will pick up on where your excitement is. Yeah. If all the push is, look, we're going to have, you know, we've got the great big choir. I mean, and, and this happens in all kinds of churches. It's not just the kind of contemporary slash attractional. It can be very traditional. Like we've got the Easter cantata. Yeah. And we, you know, it's this huge production. And all this energy is put into this performance, this concert. And it's actually sucking energy yeah. away from or attention away from the the you know the plain preaching of the exceptional word, which is kind of want to talk about. Okay, let's turn the corner. Then, gosh, I want Easter to be a big deal. Yeah, because the Easter event is a big deal. That's right. How how do we exceptionalize Easter without yeah without consumerizing Easter yep. without 
you know, pragmatizing Easter without <laughs> attractionalizing Easter. Yeah. How, how do you make it an exceptional well, Sunday? Well, there's, there's so many answers you could give to this and in, in numerous routes we could take the conversation. I do think this is a good place to advocate a regular routine being a gospel church because the gospel, well, one of the things we think about when we think about setting up an Easter service is you have in your mind, at least you should have in your mind, the, the CEO Christians, as they've been called, Christian or Christmas and Easter only, That's right? right? So they, they, they'll never come to church outside of Christmas and Easter with their family. Well, I think you should be thinking about that when you write your sermon. Uh, I think it would be a shame if you didn't actually, because yeah. you, you can capitalize on opportunity. It's like preaching a funeral. Right. You know, you're likely going to have non-believing families show up, and you should think about that. However, the thing that will save the CEO Christians and the thing that will sanctify the regular attenders happens to be the same thing, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I think what we can do on Easter to, to do it well is to celebrate the, the gospel with excellence, but make sure it is the gospel that we're celebrating yeah. because it will serve both both the the person who's only there because it's Easter and your regular church members. I used to say um, when, you know, my last church, when folks would kind of, you know, ask questions about what are we going to do special, you know, can we do, you know, how can we get things? And our church was not, you know, even before I got there, I would not have considered it an attractional church, but they did sort of, you know, think in, in, in some of those terms. And I would try, I try to say as gently as I could, but as persuasively as I could, we have a man who came back from the dead. <laughs> you want to hear something special. Yeah, that's right. Like the, the, the Easter announcement is that our our king died yeah. and came back to life. Like that doesn't – everyone knows that doesn't happen. Yeah. We believe that it happened because it did happen. If I – like if I have to sell that to you, you know what I mean? Like I, like I can't sell that to you. Yeah. You either buy it or you don't. And I can't say, hey, you know, come in for the, for the iPods. But you know what's really cool, <laughs> you know, is this message about a guy who came back from the dead. I, 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 yeah, I just think just unabashedly, yes. unapologetically embracing the weirdness of this you know, foolish message yeah. is, is how you, first of all, like that's, that's you know, 99% of exceptionalizing yeah. Easter is just saying, we're going to preach the gospel yeah. like we believe it. And we're going to act like it's it's weird and wonderful and and beautiful and strange and and earth you know shaking all the same time and our excitement's going to be there. Mm -hmm. I I think that's the main yeah. way that you do it. I think one of the amazing things about Easter too that can maybe be overlooked is I'm sure you've preached other holidays, especially non-major holidays. So yeah. take like Mother's Day for example, yeah. like the, the week of Mother's Day or the week of Father's Day. Well. Typically, to be an empathetic pastor who's in tune with the, the plights and problems of his people, you typically do some kind of caveating like, hey, I want to, you know, celebrate the mothers in the room, but I also want to recognize the fact that this day might be painful for some sure, of you. And, right. you know, you have folks like me. My mother passed away when I was 25, and uh, you, you do your best, you know, to kind of pastor them. Well, Easter, you don't really have to have those caveats. And not only do you not have to have those kinds of caveats, you can do the exact opposite of say, hey— if you're hurting in the room, this is the best Sunday because yeah. the, the, the message of Easter is that the most unjust day in human history, Good Friday, the only day in which a truly innocent man had something done to him that he truly did not deserve, mm. 
the most unjust thing that could have happened on Good Friday is now the most glorious day in the world with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just witness the power of God that can take the most unjust day and three days later make it the most glorious day. Uh, that kind of power resides in the gospel, and you can have it. Yes. That, that's exceptional. Yeah. I think trying to find, because, you know, trying to find a new angle on it, I mean, I, I think that's another danger that we face because, you know, it comes up every year. <laughs> Um, and the, the preacher is thinking, all right, how do I put a new spin? <laughs> and so we came up with all kinds of different things. This is the Easter, yeah, you know, yeah. turning the East, you know, I remember sitting in a, a an Easter service where the message of the resurrection was almost incidental mm-hmm. to the sermon, which was about Easter means a new beginning or turning over. A, yeah. I think it was like a, a, a turning over a new leaf kind of thing. Um, okay. it's about, it's about an open door. It's an open door to your next, whatever. An open and, stone door. Yeah, sure. But, you know, if you mention that, it's, it's, about, it's about an open door to your next possibility. Um, there are preachers who are trying to yeah. make an application before they even get to the, the meaning of the thing, mm-hmm. the announcement of the thing. They're like, what's my angle? How can I apply this to people who are coming? And first of all, just theologically, you know, that, you know, theologically that's upside down to try to apply the, the resurrection to the lives of people who aren't believers. Mm-hmm. The resurrection means you can start again um, with, you know, these steps or, or something like that. That's not what the resurrection means. Right. It means death is conquered. Eternal life is real. And if we will repent of our sin and believe in Christ, his resurrection becomes the first fruits of our resurrection. We get to rise from the dead. I just don't understand like, what variation or application is better than the actual thing, <laughs> than the actual thing that happened. And, I mean— I think it, you know, behooves us to preach the resurrection in, you know, every week as a part of the good news because yeah. it's part of the good news. Certainly on Easter Sunday, if, yeah. if, you know, if if you're struggling every week to figure out how to preach the gospel in a way that feels natural to the text and not like some kind of retro, you know, record scratch move, you know, moment in 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 your sermon, s- certainly on Easter, mm-hmm. the, the main thing we want to highlight is that we have a king who came, you know. That's right came back from the dead. We have a death-proof king. Amen. That's how you exceptionalize Easter, I think. Amen. Well, this is a short episode. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's not very attractional. Preach Christ on your Easter oh, it service, is, It is attractional because it's short. It is, hey. This is an attractional episode about unattractionalizing <laughs> Easter. Man, it was good talking with you. Yeah, you too, brother, you as always. You know what would have made it longer if I had a beef? Hey, I'm, I'm glad you didn't today. I'm going to work on some beefs for the next— We got to, we got to talk about football, so— that's true. <laughs> we did talk about football, and I'll probably be eating those words. <laughs> hey, that my hope is that one day I get to uh, very soon pull the clip of your prophecy out oh, and put it on social media. That's cool. Well, so, my hope is is Jesus Christ. But, yeah, wow, you that's a good Jesus, Jared Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listener, we pray that your hope is in Jesus as well. Thank you for giving us a small bit of your time and attention today. We didn't take up as much time as uh, out of your day as we normally do. Maybe you could. You know, offer that as a thanksgiving to God. Hey, the FDC podcast was not so long today. What a blessing. If you were blessed by it and you have been blessed by it, we would appreciate a good review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. And until next time, may Jesus be big in your church, Easter Sunday and beyond. You've been listening to the For the Church podcast, hosted by Jared Wilson, found online at ftc.co. This resource is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri. 
where we train leaders for the church.